0: Welcome to Alphabet Fly Encyclopedic Marvel Journey where I go through the official handbook of the Marvel Universe with the guests when we talk about our character we we'll know and love and or have forgotten as well. Uh, my name is Jesse Cooper, and with me today is someone who is just really liked raining into people. Fiona <laughs> Hello. Yes, that is an apt descriptor of me. So so F- Fiona, I know you were like kinda perplexed by some other stuff that we talked about in the last two episodes. And, um, there's...
1: I'm just being introduced to the world of Marvel and it's insane. Yes, it
0: is. Um,
1: And (laughs) this is, this is
0: gonna, this is a weird, this is a weird part. This is a weird part of Marvel. (laughs) This,
1: This, this is weirder than an international oil company hiring female wrestling teams to help with their fascism. Yeah.
0: It's weirder. Yeah, it's cool. Weirder. So, but today we're going to be talking about torpedo. So, if you were going to make a creator called tor, if you're going to create a
1: character called torpedo, what would you make? Okay, so I have to be a very large white man wearing what looks like a metal condom who occasionally just shoots places. I mean,
0: Close.
1: Um, did Close. I get it? Please tell me I got it. Close. I mean, he's in a lot more
0: spandex.
1: That's okay. Less less metallic than I was hoping for, but yeah, yeah. that looks about right. He's got a he's got a crown on with two points, yeah. which is a bit weird. But blonde white dude. Um, super muscly.
0: I guess everyone needs a super crown. muscly. Um, just ridiculously muscly.
1: Like they must have sprayed latex on him. Um, oh, yep, that would make sense. Is he? Is he actually a human being and not like made out of anything? He's a human, just a regular human. Okay, you know, uh, a
0: regular human with the name of Brock Jones, not related to Rick Jones. At least I don't think he is. No, he's not related to Rick Jones. Um.
1: I, the name Brock has been forever ruined for me due to rapist Brock Turner. Oh, I, I tried to just remember the
0: uh, Brock Samson from Venture Brothers, and then I'm just like,
1: cool. But I'm going to say that is an aggressively white it, name. It is,
0: it is. I mean, it it you could feel like Scandinavian coming off of it. Like, that's how aggressively it's right, <laughs> White. Um, so, former professional football player, former vice president of Del Mar Insurance Company, and high school football coach.
1: Is is the insurance company also trying to take
0: over the world? Uh, I mean, I don't know. I, I mean, there's a former vice president of it, so. I mean, he got he got sacked somehow, or ran out of money. One of those.
1: Oh, I, I just mean, like, is this insurance company a big player in the universe? I don't think so. Like the oil company I don't was. think so. I
0: don't, okay. it's not familiar off the top of my head. I mean, it also is an insurance company, so it's most likely evil as well. But,
1: oh yeah. yeah, big
0: time. Um, And he's also a football, uh, he's also a high school football coach, which means he's definitely evil.
1: Oh, I feel like they're horribly maligned. Oh, mm, I don't know. They, they just... Okay, Two but Okay, imagine... two out
0: of the three high school football coaches at the high school that I went to were pedophiles.
1: That is an issue. Just saying. But... Uh, like... I feel th- like... I have a extremely small sample size, but it's really important sample size. I, I just feel like that other guy, though, the one that didn't want to mess with kids right I bet he went to work every day like I want to motivate these kids I want them to be the best they can be I'm going to organize these games for them do extra curricular stuff and then we're sitting here going you're evil well I mean I'm the- I mean I am a prescriptivist <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> I'm I, I think very Hobbesian uh, he, he is he's is of he's of nature so that therefore he is evil without the uh social
1: contract I I refuse to believe that <laughs> I, I, I'm I an existentialist he had radical freedom to choose what he wanted to do and he chose not to mess with kids well, I
0: think that uh, that humanity is uh, brutish and crap what was the thing? I love that thing humanity is brutish at something crap
1: no it's life, life. it's life. not humanity well, life is brutish, violent
0: brutish something yeah. short well so uh, he's obviously uh without the social contract he would try to murder people so um uh, radical freedom yeah. baby radical i'm, I'm kind of joking i'm not hobbesian at all i i no, just I like know, i just like uh, i just like trotting it out to be an asshole
1: <laughs> I, I the, the problem with doing philosophy at university is that you end up like a good university and not freshman level is you you end up with ridiculously obtuse things and wanting to defend dead nerds to the death
0: to be fair um i am extremely low level knowledge of philosophy i just got like super obsessed with uh hobbesian and russell uh because i just just like wow how could people be so wrong in different ways Uh, as we discussed we both agree that so I, uh high school football coaches yeah. are evil uh due to them being humans. No, I refuse uh, to sign uh, off and on being them. in this state of nature. Um, <laughs> so
1: I refuse. <laughs>
0: uh he's a, le- a legal citizen of the uh, well he's a he, his legal status is uh citizen of the United States with no criminal record and also his identity is secret.
1: How do we know that?
0: Because we have a book that has encyclopedic knowledge of everything. In okay, yeah um he is uh he has no other alias his place of birth was in new york city his place of death was clareton west virginia um he he is married or was because he's dead um his name is lorraine i mean sorry his wife is lorraine his, and then he has Anne, tammy and uh daniel as children and maggie's a sister um, and, uh, his affiliation is
1: ally of Rom. I will get into Rom in a little bit. Is he. Is he as nice as Deep Space Nines, Rom?
0: There's, there's a lot going on with Rom. I'll have to get into it a little bit later. Okay. We have to discuss the less. We have to discuss the less crazy parts first that so they don't get into Rom. Because that's going to be the bulk of this episode
1: of <laughs> you, you can't hear it but the facial expression is just priceless yeah. so he first appeared in
0: daredevil issue 160 uh sorry 126 in october 1975 uh the flight of the torpedo and there is cover piece theater Peace Theater. So, to set the scene, we are in, uh, I'm guessing New York City, maybe around Hell's Kitchen? I'm not sure. Uh, there's a busy, there's a busy street below, um, and much, much like a lot of his covers, Daredevil is just kind of swinging around, you know, doing his thing, and th- I I
1: don't feel like it. this is the most homoerotic cover of a comic I've ever seen. And that's you same haven't you it. haven't seen much of them.
0: Then I've I've could I could show you way more homoerotic ones.
1: But but he's not swinging around. He's he's very elegantly pushing his chest and his butt out and pointing his toes delicately. And well
0: well well the belly club. Well you see there's motion lines showing that is there are motion and also lines. his billy club That's has like true. a grappling hook in it
1: oh i can't see the end of his billy well, club i
0: mean if you well so, i no, no i i know you know, know, know that, that <laughs> yes but
1: <laughs> but but having this <laughs> freshly presented to me it really just
0: uh, i mean it kind of bounces off after, uh, off of after a while you know this is kind of just kind of normal yeah Yeah. okay
1: i it's always struck me as hyper masculine with all of the people whining about sjw's in comics and then i look at this and i'm like "Eh." no no a lot of the stuff that is
0: considered super manly is actually really homoerotic it's just uh people who uh the, the the cishets uh don't understand what homoeroticism is and it's very obvious to see it's, it's like like any wrestling. That's like fair. wrestling. Really, really <laughs> gay. If you take any of the context out of it, um, yeah, oh, yeah. But you know, it's all good. Um. So. So yeah. Uh. The. So Daredevil is just kind of swinging, and we have the torpedo launching at him, saying,
1: "You've stood in my path, hornhead, and now you'll pay for it." From this moment, the torpedo is busting loose.
0: He's heading straight f- uh, for me. And there's no way I can avoid his attack in time. And it says, and it says, um, <laughs> the triumph of the torpedo. And, uh, and yeah, that's, that's it. It's, it's done. It's, it's done, so.
1: It, it's definite drama.
0: Yeah. Um, so, so yeah, that is, that's the torpedo. Um, uh, the first appearance. Um, his final appearance was ROM issue number fifty.
1: Okay, but hang on, where'd he come from? He from Daredevil one twenty six.
0: That's was his first appearance.
1: I sorry, I'm I meant like as as a character. Like why why is he launching himself at Daredevil? We'll get to that. We'll get to that. Okay. Yeah. So uh Brock Jones is a former
0: professional football hero was a vice president at the Del Mar Insurance Company when he accidentally stumbled into a battle between the crime fighter Daredevil and the alleged criminal called the Torpedo. In the midst of battle, the Torpedo accidentally caused a large section of a building uh, to collapse. The Torpedo was buried underneath the rubble, and Jones frantically dug him out. Fatally injured. The torpedo told Jones that it was actually Michael uh, Sivak, a Yugoslavian that was brought to this country by his uncle, uh, United States Senator Eugene, Eugene Klieger, uh, Stevac, in order to design a new form of battle suit for the national, uh, for national defense. Sivak just perfected the torpedo suit when he discovered that he'd been duped by his uncle. The elder Stevak, a leader of a criminal organization called the Corporation. By the way, uh, Corporation is with a capital C, and they are just an evil corporation. I like that uh, one. That was before they uh, decided to make rocks
1: on the evil, evil one. Um, I, I mean, but that's very, that's very Marxist. Apparently, uh
0: planned on using the suit in an attempt to take over the United States. Angered by the betrayal, the young scientist discovered a much less powerful battle suit and presented it to his uncle. However, the Senator Stevac had learned of the existence of the powerful tornado armor and sought to steal the suit for his own existing plans. If he did, uh, so his power would be almost limitless. Wow, that's a great suit. I wonder how he built an almost limitless power suit. You're laughing and I don't know why. <laughs> it's just because that always pops up as a thing. It's just like, this is the most powerful thing in the world. They will destroy the entire universe. And it's just like, I don't know. Like Obviously not. Like,
1: I mean, it would be kind of funny if Marvel characters kept inventing cold fusion and limitless power, but they just sort of never set. They do. Oh, oh! Yeah, sorry. No, they do. Of course, no, they, they do. do. No, that that was yeah. How, no, how they do. They, <laughs> they,
0: they, they invent. They basically invent something that can cause like the world, most of the world's woes, to like be gone forever. And they just never actually do it because of the whole like strongman theory about only one person can you know fix it. Yeah, like like as much as I love superheroes, there is a
1: somewhat of a uh, fascistic quality to them. I'm I'm still standing for whoever wrote the corporation because they obviously thought, you know who's evil, capitalists. So a writer called Steve Engelhart,
0: um, wrote a story of Captain America in the '70s where Nixon was found out to be part of a secret organization called the Secret Empire, which is like an Illuminati thing, and Captain America confronted wow. him, confronted him in the off in the Oval Office, and. Not subtly, in any way, Nixon uh, killed himself and shot himself in the temple, like in front of Captain America, because of it. Wow! Um, yeah, at the time, at the time, uh, Engelhart really hated Nixon. Um, so,
1: I mean, there are so many good reasons to hate Nixon. <laughs> yeah. So, but I—they got away with that in Captain America. We we stand. I'm assuming the kids are still saying that. It's, st- it's still a thing. We stand.
0: The younger uh, Stevak begged Jones to carry out his mission to destroy the plans. thus preventing anyone from ever creating the tr- uh, torpedo suit. As he held the d- dead man in his arms, Jones decided that he had no other choice but to don the torma- tornado armor and start the traitorous Senator Stevac. Uh, thus, Brock Jones became the new torpedo in his first mission. Um, sorry, in his first mission, Jones destroyed the plans that S- Stevak was searching for. Somehow bored with the dual... Wow, that's... That is a period... Wow, that they did not go into that at all. Okay, so I was I was thinking, I was like, oh cool, there's a you know they're gonna add more to that. You know with a comma. No, that was a, just a dead stop. That's the end of the thought. Like
1: it's just like oh, he just succeeded. No mishaps, not at all. Um, it's American efficiency. Uh, see, this is what high school football coaches can achieve when they set their minds to it. No fuss, just destroy the plans i feel like you you're you're just going
0: to the bat for high school football coaches like way too hard i
1: really am (laughs) just but they and they also have to be the type of people who are filled with the innocence and and belief in humanity that allows them to see a dying man and not think i have three kids and a wife and maybe i should you know Report. Uh, no, it's the can-do spirit of, screw it, I will be this superhero now. <laughs> because it's what... And that is the innocence of belief in humanity inherent in high school football coaches. Yep, that's it. That's it exactly. <laughs> that's what I'm going. I'm sticking with it. Yep. Uh,
0: so, yeah, some somewhat bored with his uh, dual routine in life, he decided to keep the torpedo suit and toyed with the idea of becoming a part-time crime fighter. A denied access to the suit blueprints. Uh, Senator Sivak was determined to procure the original suit by any means possible. In order to do this, he armed a small band of agents and, in fear about her suits that his uh, nephew had created, called the Rocketeers. His band, this band, met up and battled Torpedo several times. Jones, believing that the security of the nation was at stake. Ultimately, defeated the Rocketeers when Senator Stevac died shortly after the Rocketeers' final defeat. Uh, Jones believed the threat was over. Jones returning to life as, uh, returning to as normal life as possible, abandoned his career as a torpedo. One night, a new group of Rocketeers attacked Jones at, the, at his Westport home. Unaware of how these Rocketeers had learned of his secret identity, Fido defended his uh, family from the Rocketeers' attacks. During the late night battle, Jones accidentally killed one of his opponents. Before his horrified eyes, the mysterious attacker dissolved into ash. Although Jones won his preliminary skirmish, he was badly frightened. He realized he was facing uh, an even greater threat than before. A threat that he did not fully understand. Dun. Fearful for his family's safety, he quit his job at Delmar and moved to the rural city of Clareton, West Virginia. And his first night there, he spotted a flying individual. He spotted another flying individual he believed to be another rocketeer. It was only after a fierce battle that he discovered that he's, uh, what he'd seen in the night sky was Rom, an alien space knight from the world called Gal- Galador. Who came? Who had come to Earth in order to cleanse it of the invading race of shapeshifters called dire Wraiths. Oh my God! Okay, so here's the part where I need to explain, Rob. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I was. Uh, yep. Yep. So, I'm just gonna put down the book for a little bit, and we're just gonna explain, Rob. <laughs> now. I do have an old episode about this. But before we talk about Rom in the Marvel Universe, we need to talk about Rom in the real universe, our universe. For Rom, uh, uh-huh. <laughs> Rom the Space Knight, was a collaboration between both Marvel <laughs> and a toy company. <laughs> um, uh, uh, okay. Um, Space Knight. In fact, they actually had a, uh, Parker Brothers. It was, it was between the Parker Brothers and, um, <clears throat> marvel they what at this time there was a lot of uh because of the because of deregulation um basically a lot of companies were allowed to advertise directly to children which is why we have stuff like he man and gi joe and transformers and stuff like that uh parker brothers seeing what hasbro was doing and being like holy crap they are making so much money how can i make more money they are just like, well, why don't we team up with Marvel to make a new character, backstory and all that stuff, and uh, we'll make a toy line, they'll make a comic, and it'll, like, you know, the everyone will have, like, the kids will have, like, a comic to buy with it so they can be like, wow, Rom is so cool. Uh-huh. Now, now um, the reason why Rom the Space Knight is not one of those, like, remembered children's toys that everyone loves and everything that still gets like reboots and stuff today is uh, the toy line failed spectacularly they barely got anything out
1: this is the space knight you can imagine he comes from another galaxy with his flashing neutralizer activate rom you can imagine he has rockets to blast into space and a translator that communicates with lights and sounds you can even imagine his respirator lets him breathe in any atmosphere rom comes with the three plug-in accessories shown nine volt battery not included rom the space knight an electronic toy new from Parker Brothers I don't know all I know is rom the space knight and I want one already this is really bad (laughs)
0: Oh, apparently there is a review thing as
1: well. I'll watch that later. Oh, I'll watch that later. <laughs> please send that to me as well. I need that toy is. I I still want one, but that's that's bad. Yeah. So um, I will
0: send that to, for you to watch later. Um, but so we have so so we have that context. Um, the thing is, is as you heard, Brock died in. Issue number 50 of ROM. That's a monthly issue. Comic. It wasn't like a bi-weekly. It came out... It it was out for... Several years. As a comic book character, ROM just... Took off. Like, people loved ROM. He got longer runs than a lot of characters that are more fondly
1: remembered now. I mean... Um, that's fair. Why did he slide into obscurity then? Well, <laughs> there's another part. So, basically,
0: there was a whole there was a whole thing that happened because, you know, rom and Marvel Comics are selling like gangbusters. But Parker Brothers, who technically was part creators in the of <laughs> the uh, toy and character, wasn't really getting any of that. So they basically sued. Uh, They basically sued. And um, the way it went out is that Rom the Space Knight, Rom the Space Knight itself, uh, belong, actually right now, the person, people who have the rights for it, and made us, I think made up actually pretty decent comic out of it, belongs to Dark Horse instead of Marvel. But the thing is, is all of Marvel's, all the stuff that Marvel made beyond the character, is still Marvel's. Yeah. So there's still Space Knights, and there's still Dire Wraiths and all that stuff, but Rama themselves technically doesn't
1: exist in the Marvel Universe. Okay, so we're talking about a non-person, as far as Marvel is concerned at this point. Persona non grata. Because of legal stuff. Because they couldn't make a good toy to go along with it. That's that's their fault. That's not Marvel's fault. Yeah, but the but they technically created the character, so they have the
0: rights to it. But Marvel made all the lore behind it, so that's why it's split up. It's just like they get all the lore and stuff. They can use almost everything. It's just they can't. It's just uh, Rom. The character Rom can't be used by them.
1: But now Dark Horse has yes. Rom. Are they doing anything? Yeah. Yeah, they made a. They made a. Let me see. Dark horse.
0: Is it all right? It was. It was pretty okay.
1: I. I have a friend, who you would probably like, who owns about one thousand Optimus Primes. I will have to ask him about Rom. Um. Wait, is it Dark Horse? Am I
0: thinking of the right one? Unfortunately, Rom is also. Um. Just, I'm pretty sure it's Dark or it's IDW. It might be IDW. By the way, not intellectual dark web. It's something else.
1: No, I figured you'd. It's you'd- IDW. I think you legally. Yeah. I think you legally have to spit every time you say the intellectual dark web in a non-spiteful context.
0: Yeah. So. They, they went for a pretty... I think it's still going. No. No, it didn't. Did it? Mm. Yeah, they had um 14 issues. Which is, you know, a decent run. IDW uh, has the publishing rights, not Dark Horse. Okay. 14
1: issues isn't
0: bad? Yeah. Similar thing happens with the uh, Micronauts, and, um, which I don't really know much about, I'm going to be honest. The so.
1: the micronauts don't really
0: know much I, i'm not going to be able to really clarify too much they were a toy line that was okay. also a similar thing
1: the space knight you shouldn't just say Rom. you should k- show show the creature some respect now
0: so jones and rom uh became allies together they discovered the truth behind the rocketeers and the creation of the torpedo suit it turns out that Senator uh, Stevak was an agent of the Wraiths. Although the Wraiths were quite ad- uh, quite advanced in technological weaponry, they found that they needed special skills of an Earth scientist in order to create a perfect battlesuit capable of defeating Rom, their primary foe on Earth. It uh-huh. was for this reason Stevak was duped Uh, duped his uh, nephew into creating the battle, uh, the torpedo armor. Uh, They hoped to arm an entire squadron of their soldiers with such an armor to defeat their ancient enemy forever. Uh, Together, Rom and Torpedo uh, defeated uh, uh, defeated the Wraith Rocketeers, earning the torpedoes the undying enmity of the Wraith's race. Impressed by the courage of the skill of Torpedo, Rom asked Jones to be Clareton's guardian whenever he was forced to leave the small town to battle the Wraith somewhere else. Jones readily agreed. In order to make the Torpedo more f- efficient adversary of the Wraiths, Rom modified advisor of the Torpedo suit in a variation of his own energy analyzer, using this visor... Torpedo would be able to recognize Dire wraiths, Um, regardless of the shapes that they assumed.
1: Okay, I'm confused. Yes. So the Dire are just in this one town? Kinda. Um, Did Rom get here before them? Yes. To preempt their invasion?
0: Well, it was one of the places where the Dire were, and they're kind of like a- their whole thing is to basically genocide the Dire wraiths, so-
1: Ram wants to genocide the Dino yes. But he's a good guy. Technically. Okay. Now, I, I think I'm on board. I think I get yes. it now.
0: There's more to it, not- uh, but I'm not going to get into that right now. Yeah. That's fair. Uh, for several months, the torpedo uh, was acclaimed by the people of Clareton as their uh, protector, second only to Ram in their regard. With two guardians on duty, the people of Clareton felt safe from the Dire Wraiths. Unfortunately, unknown to either Rom or Torpedo, another branch of the Dire Wraiths species was making their present uh, known for the first time on Earth. Unlike their predecessors, who were specialists uh, in the use of science, these races were adept in the mystic arts. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Also, I like that. I like that. It's just like... I wonder. I wonder which one got, like, uh, like, picked on more in high school. The people who did uh, magic or the people who were scientists.
1: That's true, but in this universe, I'm guessing they're both vaguely lethal, even at high school age? Sure. Like, d- do you want to pick on the kid that can build ray guns, or do you want to pick on the kid that can summon, like, demons from the other world? Well, I mean, it depends.
0: Indeed, they were a dominant branch of the race society, impatient with the slow progress of the scientific brethren, they took control of the Earth Infiltration Program. Their first mission was to take revenge on the Space Knight Rom, for arranging the murder of his closest friend his closest friends and destruction of the town uh, Clareton. I mean Clariton. Uh, they subtly clouded the mind of Brock Jones through arcane means. Uh, despite the fact that his visor was registered, re- registered the new uh the renewed presence of wraiths in the Clareton, his ensorcelled mind refused to accept the uh, information. The scientific wizardry of Galador was no match for the magic of the wraiths.
1: I feel like I should embroider that on something.
0: Yeah, it's I like scientific wizardry a lot. You
1: know, it's it's what Doctor Doom does. I have to say, it's my favorite thing that comic book villains ever do, because it's basically just hypnosis, but they come up with ever more elaborate ways to dress it up. Like, I always liked when I was a kid, Lex Luthor hypnotizing Lois Lane for no apparent reason, but it was an ongoing storyline in the TV show. Yeah, I just thought it was the best. There's a lot of just
0: hypnotism disguised as something else.
1: Yeah, and if you want to wrap it in... Is it? Well, okay, but here's the thing. When I hear mystic arts and evil people, I usually think Satan, but I'm assuming that evil aliens from a different galaxy have a different cosmology, so yeah, where are they drawing that from? I mean, whatever wraith god they have. I'm just I'm just interested in the cosmology That's I don't think we the... are get into it too much actually who who can I apply to for dark powers because I ain't got any yet and I would like some um I think what you do is you go
0: to your local witchy person and say hey I heard you sold your soul to Satan to get powers how how you do that and then what they're gonna do is they're gonna hand you a little bag of uh of spell components they have to bury in the middle of a crossroads and you have to wait till midnight when that happens a demon is going to pop up and give you a desire that you sell your soul for uh you have to like the terms can be you know you have to be real careful with your wording but the terms is normally i think like 10 years for whatever power you want or whatever you want and then and then you get then hellhounds rip you apart at the end of the 10 years
1: well, I can't play the fiddle, but I have a ukulele, so maybe I can impress the demon with that. Yeah. Um. So,
0: yeah, you have to. The thing is, you have to get the components right. That's why you want to go to your uh to your witchy friend first.
1: That's fair. I th- I think I'm the witchiest person in this neighborhood, but I'll well, try. You have to
0: find one. You know, you have to get the components <laughs> right. I think you have to give up like a, a like a prized
1: possession. Or something like that, as well. I mean, we're just circling back around to ukulele Satanism, so I'm, I'm here for yeah. it. Um, Lured into a f- false insecurity, Brock jo- uh, Jones
0: decided to retire the torpedo forever. But on that day, he renounced his retirement. The Wraiths revealed themselves to him. Yeah, So, horrified at the success of the Wraiths' plan and the murders of many of the inhabitants um, of Clareton, Brock Jones battled the Sorceress Wraiths as Clareton's last defender, but he was not familiar with the abilities of these new shapeshifters and was also hopelessly outnumbered. The Torpedo died vainly uh, in battle, trying to save Clareton. Although the Sorceress Wraiths had no use for the science-oriented Torpedo Suit, they killed Jones in revenge for the many times he defeated their Reese's plot to take over the earth the torpedo battle suit was apparently destroyed in a fire that con- was that consumed the Jones's, uh homes a family home in Clareton same night uh, Brock died did his wife and kids live? it doesn't say deceased by their name so I'm going to assume so Okay, they just got their house burned down. And I mean, and the, their husband slash father dead.
1: That's and true. They're also stuck in a town no,
0: filled with people who would murder them in a second.
1: Yeah, I mean, yeah,
0: yeah. They,
1: I his heart was in the right place. They care so little about this dude.
0: They don't include his stats, like how tall and stuff he is. Yeah, that that's no, that weird. is weird. They normally have all that stuff.
1: Did, did Rom avenge his death? I'm really hoping the answer oh, yeah, is yes yeah, yeah, here. Yeah. Okay, good.
0: Yeah. Um. So, so yeah, uh, basically it's like real tough suit. It can fly real fast. Um, and he kind of just like flies at people real hard. He is
1: a torpedo. Yeah.
0: Although technically a torpedo that makes very little sense because it's through the air instead of the water. Like if it was a missile.
1: That's true, but I think they a eh? they probably already have a character called the missile. As far as I know it's not in the books, so if
0: they did they didn't care enough.
1: All right. Maybe maybe they they were saving that one. Maybe. But also it it sounds a bit. Uh, I do not torpedo sounds strong, and the word that I want to go for is turgid, but that's only because I saw the homoerotic comic cover. Just and that word's just stuck in my head now. But missile just doesn't have the same ring to no, just, it. Just just assume that any time
0: some uh there is a big tough Muslim man, it's going to be somewhat homoerotic. In mark and in, in, in comics mean, yeah. just assume it
1: that was that was just really on the nose yeah like you've showed me a few now and that was just hit you in the face yeah
0: uh, so so yeah that's pretty much done so what do you think of the torpedo
1: okay well well although I'm still gonna defend his honor as a high school football coach until I die I will say that it gets a bit like, breaking bad, but not evil at the end. Yeah. Like, he ends up partnering with a strange person not known to his family, and then eventually, technically kind of ruins their lives by finally succumbing to to dire and having their home burned
0: down. Well, also, technically, if they didn't happen, the Clareton Clareton would have, like, died as well. Like, he was kind of, like, one of the people who was making sure the town didn't die
1: well yeah and I say not evil because also he stopped um, evil Eugene Eugene from you know having a super suit that he could take over the world with so he did good he just maybe wasn't the best father husband yeah well I mean
0: who, who is the best you know, who's the best father-husband? We, no one knows.
1: No, I know! It's Captain
0: Cisco from Deep space 9! But yeah, that's that's pretty much it at, the, at the end of this. So, what do you have to plug?
1: Uh, I run a art project called Burn Your Feelings, so if you want to get anything doused in flames, please go to www.burnyourfeelings.com for all your fire needs. Yep my name is jesse i have another podcast
0: called creepy critters where i talk about cryptids in similar detail i have another podcast called limited theories where i talk about limited marvel series issue by issue with my friend rob uh, my name is sorry this is alphabet flight and justice is served good night <laughs>